the last thing I want to briefly chat about is armpits because that one <laughs> that one got nearly five million views as well. And there's a stigma around armpits, which I had no idea. So what are you seeing in terms of photoshopping people's armpits? We aren't allowed to have armpits. That's basically the message. You're listening to What's the Lesson, a podcast that inspires girls and those that love them to grow in their knowledge, skills, and abilities while working towards becoming the most confident version of themselves. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, once corporate leaders and entrepreneurs turned confidence coaches who are obsessed with raising the next generation of female leaders. We're the founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. We're here to give them the tools to be resilient, problem solvers, and to simply be good people. Everything we wish we had access to at their age. We'll be sitting down with versatile guests to talk about things like how to manage expectations, bounce back from failure, even strategies to break up with a toxic relationship. We want this community to lift one another up. So starting right now, you get to practice reaching your hand back and bringing other girls along for the ride. Let's go. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the show, What's the Lesson, where we delve into everyday topics and derive an incredible lesson from them because, as we like to remind you, life is not happening to you. It's always happening for you. I'm staring at my business partner who is not right next to me as she normally (laughs) is because she is on fall break, which... For our listeners who are not in Arizona, Arizona does a fall break. And I think it's because the heat leaves us at this point in time. And we want to give our kids a reprieve and like send them off to do fun things because summer here is not super fun because it's 172 degrees. So (laughs) fall break is like just a native to Arizona thing, I think. So Jill is taking advantage of other weathers. Yes, I know. Well, I know Colorado started adopting this mare post when we went to school there. Interesting. But maybe it's I, like a few. I don't know. I feel slighted. I <laughs> we no, didn't have too. fall break when I was in high school or middle school. No. Gosh. I know. But yes, I'm actually in Park City staring at the beautiful trees that are changing because we don't get that in Arizona. It's a cool change of pace. I'm so happy to be here and experience fall. I mean, it's normally like hot to like a little bit less hot in Arizona for fall. But here, I mean, it is I'm getting the full gamut and it's beautiful. It's fall, y'all. It's fall, y'all. I might have had a pumpkin spice latte yesterday, too. (laughs) You act like that's not something you've done in Arizona. I know. So I know, but I just don't let her fool you. Okay, so. We obviously have plenty of people within our direct circle of influence to have podcast guests for, but this one, this one's going to be fun. I'm really excited because I took a shot in the dark and I randomly DM'd somebody that I went down a rabbit hole on her account on TikTok and I will let her get into who she is and her experience in this department, but it was all about photo edits and how certain people, whether it's celebrity accounts, larger accounts, all the way down to people with very small followings, tend to edit their photos to make themselves look differently, whether that's face tuning, whether that's body tuning, 
And it was very cool for me to see the videos that she was giving a rundown on and put them back to quote unquote normal, what they would have looked like prior to all of the photo editing. And I think if I'm not mistaken, we can do this in videos now too, which is the scary part because that's movement that we're like, oh, that has to be real. Like we see them as they are because they're moving. It's not something static that we can edit. So I shot her a DM and I was like, OMG, we have a podcast and I think this would be (laughs) a super valuable topic to talk about. And she said, yes. So on the other end of the screen is not only Jill, but we have a Canadian guest with us whose name is Caroline Ross, and we're stoked that you're on the show. So thank Caroline, you for us and welcome to our little corner of the internet. Hi, thank you. That's the nicest introduction I've ever had. Thank you so much, Mary and Jill. Oh, of course. Of course. Well, we see value in these things because we know how much they affect us as adults. So in working with teenage girls whose minds are so easily molded by what they see on the internet, their four million closest friends where they're like, I'm not enough. It's like watching what you were doing with photo editing blew my mind because just the way you saw it through your experience was like, you so easily put it back to what it should have been. And you built the people up in such a beautiful way. You weren't trying to tear them down for what they were doing. Or if you want to edit your photos, edit your photos. However, allow people to understand that your photos are being edited so they don't believe in a false reality. So will you tell our audience who you are, first of all, and why this is what you focus on on your TikTok? Yeah, so I, my name is Caroline Ross, and I have the handle Caroline in the City on TikTok. And I've been doing Photoshop for 18 years now. So since I was about, I think, 20, 19, 20 in university college, I really, really liked Photoshop. And I am now a professional photographer as well. And I used to work in graphic design too. So it's kind of been like my whole career. And I just realized that when I'm scrolling through Instagram, TikTok, social media, and magazines and online, I'm able to see Photoshop on people. Like I know when their skin's been smoothed, I know when their bodies aren't right. And I just realized that people don't see this and I wanted to share that. So I started to make some TikToks talking about it and it's really taken off. And I'm so glad to share that with other people. (laughs) There's some other accounts, like you often see paparazzi accounts where the person like looks absolutely terrible, like bad lighting. And like they're in a really awkward position and I didn't want to do that kind of photos. Like I I wanted to put them back to their original how they looked, which is still absolutely beautiful and stunning. So I'm glad you picked up on that too, because I really didn't want to make fun of people or make them look in a way that someone wouldn't want to look like them. Well, and honestly, there's enough of that. We're just as a country, as a world, as a society, there's enough tearing one another down. And that mm-hmm. I didn't pick that up at all. You weren't making anybody wrong for their choices because, I mean, it's their choice to do so. And if they want to, by all means. However, it's not fair to the rest of us who are trying so hard to do and be and have and look a certain way to think that it just comes so effortlessly to others to do. And that's when where we see girls the most is tearing themselves down because they're comparing themselves to others. So knowing that our audience is teen and tween girl moms, parents probably have boys as well, What are a couple things that you and your expertise would love um, our audience to know by the end of the show? I think just learning that so many things on the internet are photoshopped. 
And if they aren't photoshopped, then those people might already fall under the traditional beauty standards, but they also have such a huge support team to help them look the way they do if they aren't photoshopped that way. So these celebrities have like personal trainers and they have personal chefs and they have like someone who they pay every year to make a skincare routine for them and stuff and Botox and surgery and everything. So even though something hasn't been photoshopped, it might not represent them as they are in real life either without all that stuff. Even makeup too, like makeup for photo shoots is so heavy and we don't understand that. Like as a photographer, I can see the difference, the before and after with the models, like they don't look anything like them. And I don't have any issues personally with makeup, but I just wish people would be more honest about it too. Mm-hmm. Right. I oh. mean, there's so much gold in that. I wrote a whole thing down and I'm so excited to dive in more. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. We can definitely unpack that, especially with you being the expert as a photographer, like you behind the camera looking at certain models or through the work that you do being a photographer. Like I'm already thinking about asking you a few questions around like how, how, how do we like as, as consumers, as, as we're scrolling through social media, maybe like, what are some questions we can ask ourselves when we get stuck comparing to this beautiful photo or uh, maybe it's a beautiful photoshopped photo, or we know that there's probably a team behind these people. Like, how do you get yourself out of that funk of like, oh my gosh, she has it all together. He has it all together. That family has it all together. What are some questions that consumers, regular average Joes and Janes can ask ourselves when we get stuck comparing that we're not enough based off of the photo that we're viewing? I think you have to start following new people then. So it, it's mm. just like studies have shown that social media can be used in a positive way and it does improve your self-esteem if you follow people who look like you and who are real and who have less editing and Photoshop on it. So I think that, yeah, just, just starting to follow new people, people who look like you. And that's so important for young teens and girls and guys as well to follow people who look like them and are real as well, because like you said, we do get into that comparing. We're never enough when we compare ourselves with like Photoshop and plastic surgery and filters and Botox and yeah, personal trainers and stuff. Yeah. Right. Experts in their other perspective fields. And I love that. Like self-awareness is the foundation of what we put out there for both girls and for parents. Because if you're not aware of how you're feeling while looking at something that's making you feel terrible, then you're never going to know that you need to not follow that person or just even put them on mute for a short time while you focus Mm -hmm. on something else. So it's really about tuning into what's going on internally for you to say, this is rubbing me the wrong way or it's making me feel a certain way. And maybe I need to look at other accounts that make me feel better internally to follow. Exactly. Yeah. And also I do notice that majority of the people, like the famous people on social media and in the media, like movies and stuff, they all have a certain body type, but that body type only represents such a small portion of society. When you're on social media, it seems like everyone looks like this and everyone has this body type and is this skinny and stuff. But in reality, it's such, it it doesn't accurately represent people in general. There's such a wide variety of people and that's what makes people beautiful is like the patchwork quilt of society is we're all totally different in our makeups, but throughout history, we can see like beauty trends, right? I mean, my eyebrows are very bushy right now and that's 
in. But when I was in seventh grade, holy moly, <laughs> I, I basically waxed them off because that was in. And it's like, man, where do these beauty trends start from? Do you, as far as photography goes, will you explain a little bit more about the type of photography that you've done throughout your career? Sure. Yeah. So I started, I didn't really want to do photography when I first started. I was more into art curation, which was my goal. And I had some friends and family members who were getting married and they hired me to shoot their weddings. And I started to really like it. I also did some fashion for friends and stuff as well, fashion and personal shoots. And I really enjoyed that. However, wedding photography in my small town in Northern Ontario was a huge market more than fashion photography because it's a very small city. So I just really pursued Yeah, wedding photography for a number of years. I moved to the Caribbean for three years where I did fashion weddings as well as some travel stuff too and family sessions as well in the Caribbean. And now I'm in Vancouver and I've moved away from family wedding photography and families and moved almost entirely into a commercial photography. And so the transition to with Photoshop is a little different because when when we're editing our photos for a consumer level, so if the images are for personal use, all of your friends and family, they know what you look like in real life. So if Mm -hmm. you want your wedding photos edited in a way that makes you happy because the person in the wedding photo, we're not like the bride isn't a professional model. So they don't know how to pose and be aware of their body all the time throughout the day. So maybe I'm Photoshopping their posture better or something. And to me, I think this is okay because people know what you look like in real life. But when celebrities and large companies and media do Photoshop, People don't know what they look like in real life and they're not honest with their Photoshop and what they're doing to the images. So that was a bit of a difference in moving from consumer photography to commercial photography. And also I noticed when I was editing weddings that I was like, I was doing a lot of editing on wedding images and I was without asking the clients putting like editing to those societal beauty standards. And I kind of wanted to stop doing that. It made you feel icky. Yeah, yeah. The past few years, I've tried to really focus on posing and lighting with wedding clients and Mm -hmm. try and get away from Photoshop. If a client mentions a part of their body that they're really uncomfortable with, I try to do my best with lighting and posing to help them feel more comfortable with that part of their body. And if they still don't like it, then I, I will Photoshop, but I try not to just Photoshop without them requesting it. Yeah. Interesting. When you were in school, when you were going to school to learn all of this, did you take classes? Like, was there, was there someone who said like, this is the beauty standard. And when you Photoshop, you need to make it, you need to make people look this way. Or how is it like turned into, it's so bizarre to me. I'm like, did, did someone, is there like an Oz, you know, like a wizard of Oz? (laughs) Was there Oz who was like, you need to make women look like this and men look like this. And someone came out and said, so browser in and everyone was like, absolutely. (laughs) Let me, let me brush them up to the sky. Got it. Yeah. I'm just like, how, because I do understand that like, Hey, if you have a huge zit and you're going to be on a cover of a magazine, I get that you want that blemish to, to be disappeared for that, for that image. But where has, I mean, I just feel like where, where did it start to where it is now? I think the pendulum has like drastically swung and what's cool about TikTok and, and different platforms is we get to educate people on this standard that's been kind of almost cryptic or a little, yeah, that's been kind of not talked about. I mean, we've talked about it as a society, but I just think now being able to visually see it in a way 
that makes you really stop in your tracks is is really interesting. So I'm going to pause there and kick it back over to you. Where did you learn Photoshop and what did the conversations look like when you first learned that skill? Yeah. So I think I learned Photoshop in college. So I went to, I did a four-year bachelor of fine arts degree. And during that time, I really, really liked digital art. So Photoshop and graphic design courses and in design, illustrator and design and stuff like that. So I enrolled in, during my four years, I enrolled in another college for a two-year digital art degree. So that's where I learned Photoshop and it was so much fun, but we don't, don't, they don't like teach you that like beauty standards and not advertently anyways. Right. Inadvertently. Yeah. 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 I don't don't like, I don't remember being taught much. Like we would do Photoshop pimples and stuff in the classes and stuff, but we weren't, we weren't taught to like make someone's body slimmer or something. I think it did come from like, it's, it's kind of like a chicken and the egg question. Like what came first? Right. Yeah. I think that just many years working in the consumer industry for photography just taught me what people don't like about their bodies. And we just assume that everyone doesn't like that about their bodies. I was replying to a TikTok comment recently about this and we were trying to decide like, is it from the consumer level? Like, do we have to start demanding more real images? Like, are they doing this because they think that we want this beauty standard? Right. (laughs) Well, and I think of just like working on our Instagram and where I look to follow certain trends of things that people will repost and not that our voice and our style isn't completely infused into our Instagram, but we do look to other influential sources, creators, what's happening, what's popping, what are people into? And I just, like you said, it inadvertently, it feels like we go with the flow. And I feel like that's where TikTok has really come in and shaken things up because it is in the moment. It's more in the moment. And applications, whether it stays around or not, like be real. They want you to just snap a picture in the moment. So it's not edited. You can't do anything about it and boom. So it is, it is interesting. Chicken or the egg. That was a perfect way to put it. Which one Mm -hmm. came first? Yeah. That's one of the reasons I love TikTok. Like I just love how there's so many TikTokers going viral in like their pajamas and like their hair in a bun and no stuff. And yeah, it just shows that you don't need to have that, to have a following, like we're worth more than our physical appearance as humans. (laughs) So speaking of TikTok, looking at yours, you're at nearly a hundred thousand followers, which is awesome because your message is so, it's so needed. We need to hear more conversations like this. And I'm looking at some of your pinned videos. One about Kim K got 9.4 million plays. I don't remember who that is. Is it Raquel Welsh? No, the middle one in Vogue. Oh, Linda Evangelista. Um, thank you. Mm. And then another one that's at 550,000 views. Another one got 4.7 million views. What are some of the conversations you're having or what are some of the comments around the videos that you're bringing up in terms of how people are taking this information on? Because obviously, if I bring up your 9.4 million views, is that, first of all, two-part question, is that a lot for you? Is that like, Holy moly, I have to respond to 8,000 comments. <laughs> it is so overwhelming. And now every time I put a video out, I'm aware of my audience and how many people cool. will see it and it could possibly go viral. So yeah. yeah, in that video, I actually pronounced trapezius wrong. I said trapezoid. I didn't pronounce it wrong. I just got the words mixed up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, and people I came would for totally you. Oh do that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. God. 
the they people came they did because TikTok is like know. its own community, right? Once somebody gets onto something and the comments start and the the laughs yeah. and whatnot, old oh, man. But they're so nice about it. Like That's, the first comment that I pinned, because I was like, if I pin this, no one else is going to comment. But it didn't work that way. Yeah, um, at least the first you tried. Like, Love your stuff. <laughs> Just so you know, it's trapezoid. It's not trapezoid. You were like, I, I'm sorry. It was in the moment. Yeah. But yeah, most of the comments But I can there, make mistakes. Yeah. Most of the comments were a lot of women like sharing that they have such insecurities with that area of their body. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so strange because I'd never really thought about that area before because I, I guess I don't. Maybe if you work out, you get like bigger traps. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I think yes. so. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember one of my I... friends once, she like commented to me on my clavicle. And I was like, that's such a weird area to comment that I like, she's like, you have a nice clavicle. It's and I was like, that's such pronounced. a weird thing. It is. It's a very pronounced clavicle. And so when I saw Kim's traps, like they were almost like indented. Like concave. Like, yeah. Your body yeah. doesn't work like that. And I was like, I have to do a video on this. So yeah, there's some negative comments on there too. A lot of people are like, just let them be, like leave them alone as if I'm doing something negative to them like I'm harming the celebrity by sharing this video and I I I, I don't quite understand that but well and that's not your intention your intention is to not make them look worse you're you're calling out that your body doesn't look like that and I that's that's the education piece people are consuming this content and we need to know when we get stuck in the I'm not enough I don't look like that. I wish I look like that. Tomorrow I'm going to starve myself to look like that. Like being able to show consumers that it's false. It's a false reality is such a beautiful message to remind you when you do get stuck or when you are going down the comparison trap that actually this this isn't even them. That this is not even the real photo of them. Why am I comparing what I look like to this photo? Well, and you did one on, I'm trying to scroll to find it, but whatever. You did one on an an older woman, celebrity, absolutely beautiful, right? And she totally had Photoshop galore to make her look like she was, I think you called it out, like, I'm in my 40 something. She's yeah. in her, she looks like was she's in Sharon her 30s. Stone it was Sharon. Oh my gosh. Stone. She was like, yes. she's in her 60s. Right. Yeah. And it, yeah. it made it look just so unattainable. And I want to touch on the fact that as a country, as a society, more rather, we have a problem with women aging. We and do. it's like it's such a huge issue. It's okay for North men America. to show up in their gray hair and like we we start to call them, you know, a different silver name, foxes. Silver, Fox. silver foxes. <laughs> but with women aging, it's like, ooh, get her out of here, her and her wrinkles and this, that, and the other. And it just it makes us feel like we're less valuable to society because we're aging and it there's there's no sense to be made out of it. So when Sharon Stone comes on and posts a video or a picture of her looking like she is just kicking ass and taking names in her late 60s, early 70s, and she looks like you and I in our 30s, it's like that presents such a misconception to society and it's so hard to wrap our brain around. I'm thinking of myself aging like this is what I have to look forward to. Not being allowed to have wrinkles and gray hair. And yeah, I saw, did you guys see the video recently of Julia Roberts and George Clooney at some, some event they were doing? No. Well, they were together and I thought to myself, Julia Roberts looks really old. I didn't know she was older than George Clooney. I Googled it and she's not. 
we just look at men and we don't think that like we see wrinkles on women and we think they're older than what they are because we see mm-hmm. so few wrinkles on women in media. So I saw, she just had like very light wrinkles, like some crow's feet, under eye texture and stuff. And he yeah. has like gray hair. His forehead is full of wrinkles. I mean, he has a beard, so it kind of hides his, half his face, but he had, if not the same, if not more amount of mm. stuff that she aging. had. I thought that, yeah, aging that she had. I thought that she was older than him. So that's like even me and I'm doing this frequently for TikTok and I realize how many people are not in this world and they, right. they don't get that, you know, like I was able to look at yeah. it critically, but. And I think the most prominent example was that was that the golden girls were depicted as the same age as the women in Sex in the City. So like a few decades apart, what we how we depicted women at that age was the golden girls. I was like, <laughs> wow, that's a huge misconception between how old they actually were and what they were being portrayed as. It's like, okay, you old biddy, we're going to put you out to pastor. And it's like, geez, girls who are in their teens and tweens thinking, of course they think that 30 is old. And it's like, Mm -hmm. man, aging is such a beautiful process because Mm -hmm. we find out more and more and more about who we are, what we want, the values that we have, the boundaries that we're okay setting. And it's like, to be able to to have an audience the size that you have, like I can't imagine that the growth was easy and it's taken a lot to foster and TikTok, you have to produce videos. So good on you for like taking the time to create and find the content and take the time to foster the growth because mm-hmm. it is such an example of how we need to view who we are as normal people with our hair up in a bun, no makeup on. Go Photoshop, sure, but love who you are underneath that. Or show the other side of who you are without all of the glitz and the glam. You know, the, I, we're, as human beings, we're, we're multifaceted and sometimes we just want to show up perfect. And it's like, what do you look like when you first wake up in the morning? Like photograph that or come up online and show the like Instagram versus reality. Like we need to be talking about that more because I'm telling you just the work that Mary and I do, girls specifically, and not just girls, it all people, we're so impressionable. If we don't have the skill set to be able to look at a photo or a video and know that like that is photoshopped. Some people think that it is what it is. And then we adopt, okay, well, again, Tomorrow, I'm going to go shop for that outfit that I can't afford, or I'm not going to eat the food that I want because I want to look like her. It's like, if we don't have the skills, we're going to be living in this false reality, which then they grow up in their 30s and 40s and they ask themselves, like, who the heck am I? (laughs) Like, did any of that matter? I don't even know this person. And why do they have such influence over my decisions to look a certain way and be a certain way? living your life and hating a part of your body, like say your traps, for example, like if you hate your traps, there's nothing you can do to change them. You can't like, it's just a part of your body. Right. Just hating them all the time. I I can't imagine how depressing that would be. And just knowing that there's a way to change something too. Yeah. Oh, sorry. As far as your like TikTok growth comes into play, what kind of things do you see in your future as far as like 
Is there a job transition? Is this something that you're looking at taking on more full time? Do you do you get partnerships in this way that of companies reaching out and saying this is I was great. literally going to ask that. <laughs> Be yes. our spokesperson. Like, how do we educate more on this? Because obviously, 9.4 million views is nothing to bat an eye at. People are like, okay, she's got influence now. And like you said, while you're creating videos now, you know the audience that you're projecting to. So what does that look like to spread this message more? Is this going to remain more of a side gig for you? Yeah, well, I don't know if you know this, but Canadians don't get paid for videos on video views on TikTok. So I did know that. Yeah, to make money off TikTok unless you have those sponsorships. No mm. one's reached out to me yet about sponsorships. I don't know. I, I really like I work as a photography instructor at different colleges in Vancouver and I teach Photoshop and Adobe Illustrator and as well as multiple photography and business marketing courses for photographers and like studio courses. So I, I really enjoy that. I don't think I'll be doing TikTok anytime soon. But these videos don't take much time. So cool. like it's it's not a big deal to pop out a video a couple times a week. Oh, I, ha- I had something on my mind and I forgot what it was. <laughs> It'll oh, yes, come so back around. I, I remembered it. Ideally, oh, I think is. that I would absolutely love to work for some companies, like shoot ads, even magazine editorials and stuff. Because I think I have established myself as being honest about Photoshop and people take me as an authority on the Photoshop behind photos and stuff. That was kind of, I kind of stumbled over that. That's okay. Totally. You are. You are an authority. I mean, you're educating the masses and it's clearly showing because people are showing up for your content. Yeah. So I I love to do photo shoots and stuff where people can know that if it's shot by me, it doesn't have that. It's, It's real to life. I'm just shocked brands haven't reached out who are already in this space of body inclusivity and wanting to undo this stigma of what beauty standards are. I think it would just be like a really cool collaboration. I'm like, let's go Dove and Athleta and like different brands. And I'm like, okay, there's, I know that there's brands out there who are trying to change the narrative and I'm sure they're probably claiming an uphill battle because of still the beauty standard that that lives today, you know? Yeah, I would love to work with those brands and stuff. So if anyone's listening, well, we're putting it it out there. The universe is listening. So I mean, manifestation at its finest here, I think it would be super valuable. It feels very on brand, no pun intended for brands who are already, like Jill said, putting dollars and time and energy towards the cause to have some sort of requisite knowledge of what you're doing and be able to think outside the box and go a different direction by bringing relevance into it, which is exactly what you're doing is you're making it relevant. You're making it comparable for people to be like, oh, wow. Okay. I see. I see what she's talking about. So The last thing I want to briefly chat about is armpits because that one, (laughs) that one got nearly 5 million views as well. And there's a stigma around armpits, which I had no idea. So what are you seeing in terms of Photoshopping people's armpits? We aren't allowed to have armpits. That's basically the message. Like it's so weird because our, I, I guess they just think armpits are distracting or gross or something and they just Photoshop them out. And I understand that like at a photo shoot, we do have to like minimize distracting things. So like, like pimples, we've talked about photoshopping out pimples and there is like a magic that goes into a photo shoot that makes you look 
a little bit different than what you look like. So like I have no issue with like minor photoshopping and stuff. But when we completely remove parts of bodies like armpits, it's more distracting to have someone with no armpits than it is to yeah. have them with like an armpit with like maybe some you can see like razor shaves and stuff. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. Well, well, and I think of, I think of a Barbie, like a Barbie. If you raise a Barbie's arm, no, no armpit. I think it's weird. Maybe they've redone them over the years, but like I can't imagine looking at an image being like, that's not real. Where's her armpit? But that's bizarre that it's probably a requested body part to Photoshop. It is, yes. And you don't think that, like, uh, I didn't think that people were self-conscious of their armpits, but they are. So many people in the comments were saying that they have, like, dark spots, they have light spots in their Mm -hmm. armpits, and they never see it in the media. Like, there's things where, I think you can, like, lighten your armpits if they're dark. Mm -hmm. Like, there's actual stuff out there where you can do that. So, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Free the armpit. (laughs) And gosh, just a thought, <laughs> a thought that has never, like you said about your traps, like that is one of my favorite body, like you have great I, traps. Look thank at those. you. I love, that's one of my favorite exercises is exercises that accentuate those. Cause I think it's such a beautiful part of my person and same with my armpits. I mean, I got a tattoo in my armpit so I oh, could accentuate so cool. what it looked like. So <laughs> to find that people, obviously we come from very different walks of life, all of us, but to find that people are concerned about something that you would have never thought about is pretty mind blowing, right? You, you post this video, it gets nearly 5 million views and then you've got half the comments going, yeah, I, I totally get it. I hate my armpits. And you're like, what? You hate your armpits? So oh. it is. It's- I'm curious to know if there's other body parts out there. Like just with you putting out your content, are other people, I mean, we we heard traps and armpits, but is there anything else that people are just like berating their body or they're coming together like, oh my gosh, me too. I... Yeah, like a collective, like, oh, I don't like this body part that you were like, wow, that's really interesting. Besides what, you know, you might normally hear. Yeah, so some stuff in the comments, I am getting questions, like requests for stuff. The area right here, what's this called? It's like nasal. Oh, um, yes. A, a snout. It's no. called like your, it starts with an M, like your marionette area. Okay, yeah. Wait, is that, yeah, is that it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. people say the that smile, they, The smile lines. Smile lines. Yes. And some people don't have them. Some people do have them, but there's a lot of people they see in videos like movies that have them and then they're like photoshopped out of photo shoots and stuff. So I've been requested to do a video on that. Hey, and that's um, cool. That's something that I'm super self-conscious of on, on myself. You are, eh? Yeah, like, I am. What, what don't you like about it? That they're deep. I'm like, but I'm, I'm not gonna, I don't want filler in my face. I'm like, well, these lines have served lots of memories and laughter and smiles and but looking back because it was like a thing for me but looking back even when I was young I had really dark smile lines so I'm like maybe it's just been a thing I I just have never noticed it until it's become I'm, I'm, I'm 36 now so like Botox and fillers like it's a thing I'm like do I need do I need this so I'm starting to ask myself certain questions where I'm like, but I've actually had this my whole life. And why now? Why now? And it goes to the conversation that we had earlier around women aging. I'm like falling in that trap of, 
God forbid I have gray hair or I have a couple of wrinkles around my face, but that's definitely, I wouldn't say it's my favorite part of my face, but I'm more self-conscious about it. And I hate when my makeup gets stuck there too. <laughs> and we just don't see it as much, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. interesting. Okay. Okay. Any other, any other areas? Yeah. Necks. Necks is a huge oh. thing. And I've mentioned this quite a few times. I don't think we just like lines on your neck and just like loose skin on the neck. So many people, whenever I mention this in the video, there's so many comments that are saying, I'm so self-conscious of my neck. Like I never see my neck. Like it's always photoshopped super smooth, which is. That's, that is. doesn't surprise me, especially nowadays, because what we spend so much of our time doing is looking down at a screen. Yeah. So when I'm looking down, obviously my, my side profile here indicates you can see exactly where my lines are. Tech neck is like a new term in the oh, last couple neck. of years that indicates like the pulling forward. So a little bit more of a hunchback as well as the lines on the neck. And typically your neck skin is a lot thinner than mm -hmm. any other skin on your body besides eyelids and whatnot. But that ages more frequently than any other part of your body. Because and, it's thinner. Yeah. And yeah. there's a thing called neck lifts. Women are getting neck lifts as well, which I, I have like did any plastic surgery you want, but I feel like the more people get them, the less we see, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's all just a part of like, Jill, you said it perfectly. Like those lines are because of so many memories made, smiles had, laughs had, like it's a roadmap for who we are. And I think as a society, we could do so much better in recognizing the steps that took to get us where we are today and appreciating more of who we are because realistically we only have one body right and we need to be as nice to it as we possibly can for it to serve us for the longevity that we're going to be mm -hmm. here and i think that fact is lost on a lot of us especially nowadays when we can just toss something out and buy something new or get a neck lift. And it's like, man, do I really want to spend my time and energy thinking about my next round of plastic surgery when I've got all these memories to make and these, I don't know. And to each their own, obviously, we just, we want girls to know that they're looking up to unrealistic expectations for where they are and what they're doing. And I think your account does that incredibly well. So thank you for the time that you put into it. Thank, thank you. you for like I said earlier, the research that I'm sure goes into it to find these accounts to debunk. It's super valuable. So we'll put all of that in the show notes. We'll link your Instagram handle. We'll link your TikTok handle. If people want to come check you out, I think. Go give her a follow. Talk about people who you want to follow. You might need to like mute or unfriend some people who aren't you know, bringing joy to your life or making you feel good about who you are. But following following people that do, I mean, go give her a follow for sure. And you won't I thought regret of it. Two takeaways as well. Oh, great! As we were sitting here. Okay. Oh, so first please. One, it's to ensure that you are following people online who look like you, but also people who don't look like you, who don't fall into those beauty standards as well. Mm. Because our vocabulary, like we have friends who who don't fall into those beauty standards, and the way that we speak towards them really affects them too. So even if your your kids, your daughters fall into those beauty standards, it's important to have them to follow people who are outside of those beauty standards as well. Yeah. Right. Is that is that is that good? One? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I, I'm never sure if I'm using the right terms too with beauty standards and stuff. Right. But um, oh. yeah, I always do this okay. research and I'm like, it, it just changes so frequently. 
And my second takeaway is to have a good photo of yourself that you really like, because that's <sighs> so important. And sometimes teens just do selfies and stuff. And we don't understand that, like, if you take your photo too close to your face, it pushes everything away from your face. And if you take it too far away, it doesn't look like you. And it's just, I think it's important to have that professional image of yourself. I mean, if that's not a way to end, like a mic drop moment, we couldn't agree more. There are so many photos of myself that somebody else professionally have taken that make me look at myself in a different light. Like, wow, Mm -hmm. that is me. That is who Mm -hmm. I am. That's what I stand for. And I can just derive all of that from the photo that a professional has taken. So that advice resonates hugely with me. And I'm sure will resonate hugely with many people listening as well. Awesome. I'm so glad. Okay, good. Yeah. Oh, you nailed it. You nailed it. Did. Yes. yes. Carolyn, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. And for everyone listening, we will catch you on the next episode of What's the Lesson? We say this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. If you're looking for more, head over to girlsmentorship.com slash WTL for the show notes. And if you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, we would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one or all of the next three ways. One, by sharing this episode with a friend or on your social media. Two, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review. And three, by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We share ideas, we ask questions. So if you're interested, we've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Facebook in the show notes. Until next time, you guys, remember, the more you know, the better you do. And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship. (laughs) 